0: In a few uh, minutes, we will make our way up to the War Memorial, where we will pause for two minutes' silence. Uh, but why do we pause, and uh, why do we pause for two minutes? Uh, the practice began uh, not after the First World War, but during the First World War in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, where at noon each day a gun was fired, and the city paused not for two minutes, but for three, to remember those who were losing their lives in the fight Uh, for freedom. A soldier going off to war in 1915 had made the comment that as soon as he left, he would be forgotten. And as a response, it was decided that those who went off to war would be remembered, especially those who would not return. And so from 1916, the practice was started that at noon each day in Cape Town, a gun would be fired and the city would pause for three minutes. Uh, shortened to two minutes after it was felt three minutes was just a bit too long. In South Africa at the time was a gentleman by the name of Sir Percy Fitzpatrick who was an author and politician who picked up on the idea and suggested to King George after the war that uh, two minutes silence should be held on the anniversary of the signing of the armistice at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month and King George took up the idea and it was established across the empire that at that time and on that day, two minutes silence would be observed. But what were the two minutes for? In Sir Percy Fitzpatrick's mind, each minute had a significance of its own. He was a Christian who loved the Lord and he knew his Bible and he knew how history would play out, as we've had recounted to us in our Bible readings this morning that history is not destined simply to continue forever. And in Sir Percy's mind, the first minute was a minute to be spent remembering and giving thanks to God for those who were laying down their lives and had laid down their lives in order to secure the freedom of others. And in the first minute, as we do that, we are reminded of all the conflicts that have ever been and ever will be. We're reminded of those who... ...have given their lives, willingly or unwillingly, we're reminded of the fact that conflict has ever been a part of our history. We're reminded of the fact that conflicts are usually started by the few. But it's the many who get caught up in them and who suffer and who pay the price. And it's an opportunity to pause and to remind ourselves of why these conflicts occur and why they continue. The uh, poet Steve Turner once penned these short lines... History repeats itself, has to, no one listens. Uh, Why do we not listen, why do we not learn? Well, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, it's because we've exchanged the worship of the creator for the worship of created things. Uh, We set God to one side and thought that we could do life better on our own, thought we could run the world better on our own and tragically uh, we can't. I know I've mentioned rapport, re- before one of my favourite childhood books, uh, Lord of the Flies by William Golding, which tells the story of uh, a party of school children who are shipwrecked on a desert island. And uh, in the aftermath of the shipwreck, they realise that no adults have survived. And initially there's great rejoicing at the thought that now there, is no, there are no adults. They can please themselves. They can create their own utopia They can set their own rules. And to begin with, all goes well, but their heaven quickly descends into a hell as the selfishness of their human hearts takes over. And suddenly there's division. Suddenly there's conflict. Suddenly there's fighting over something that somebody else wants. And so their heaven descends into a hell. And in this first minute, as we pause, we're reminded of the conflicts and those who are caught up in them and even today we're mindful of those who are caught up in conflict and losing their lives uh, for what? Reminded of our human frailty, our human selfishness. But Sir Percy had in mind something else to be thought of during the second minute of the silence. And Percy's suggestion as a Christian was that the second minute of the silence should be a minute in which we pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because Sir Percy knew that the only true source of peace was to be found in reconciliation with God. And Percy knew that the only that reconciliation was only possible because of The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the words inscribed around the tomb of the unknown soldier in Westminster Abbey, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That was what Jesus told his friends he was going to do and then he went and did it and became the prototype for every self-sacrifice since, that we lay down our lives as a Selfless act and Sir Percy Fitzpatrick had a saviour who he knew had laid down his life for him and Sir Percy like every Christian knew that he had found peace with God through his relationship with God through Jesus Christ and he knew that the more that that message could spread and the more that could hear it and respond to it the greater our chances would be to live in peace in this life, And that was why he wanted the second minute to be a minute in which we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of our Bible readings this morning reflected on the longing that we know we must have for a saviour, for someone to come and to help us. The Jews of the Old Testament longed for the coming of a messiah. The coming of God's anointed one. Amos writes about the day of the Lord. They longed for the day of the Lord. It would be a day of great rejoicing but also a, great of, a day of great mourning. It would be a day of judgment when God would judge all that was wicked and unrighteousness. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians looked forward to the glorious day. When Jesus would return, those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus, we look and long for that day when Jesus will return and creation will be renewed. And while we wait, we look to a saviour and we pray that his kingdom will come in the story of uh, the Lord of the Flies by William Golding. there This utopia that the children have tried to create that descends into chaos and ultimately bloodletting. At its climax, when all seems to be catastrophe and ruin, suddenly all is set back in order by the arrival on the island of a naval officer. And suddenly the children look up and see a naval officer and suddenly order is restored. And for those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus, that's why we long for his appearing. That's why we celebrate his rule and reign. Because it's as we look to him that we find the order that our created world needs. It's as we look to him that we find the peace that we so long for. So can I encourage us all as we, in a few moments, will make our way up to the war memorial and we spend our two minutes in silence to spend that first minute giving thanks to God for those who laid down their lives so that we might meet in freedom this morning and worship jesus christ without uh, fear without any kind of hindrance and give thanks to god for his son jesus christ who paid that ultimate price that we might live not just in this life but also forever and then in the second minute to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven amen